Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now when the new couple is short on cash why don't you just have your parents give you the money we are two young able-bodied americans we're not looking for a handout we're looking for a hand up. Sorry. The A Squad's ready to rally. The Beatles were wrong. Love isn't all you need. No matter what it takes. I know. What? A bank robbery. I'm in. Yes. <laughs> we're going to learn how to rob a bank by people who really know how to do it. Criminals. I'm going to visit my mom. This is like you asking me for help with your homework. Now. Jump in! We can't stop! The brakes are bad! Five good girls are about to discover. We're really close. How bad they can be. Excuse me? Yeah. Um, are you robbing the supermarket or the bank branch? Oh my god, this is harder than I thought. And how low they can go. Today, five Betty Dolls rob the bank. We're like celebrities. What the heck is going on here? This January, authorities now believe a group of teenage girls are responsible for the Betty Doll bank robberies. Think fast. If you could be Count Chocula or Trix the Rabbit, who would you be? Tricks. Me too! I love this lady! Jump high. That's an illegal dismount. And look hot. Morning, sunshine. Remember, these are the best days of your life. She's on the honor roll. Sugar and spice. I'm sorry to bother you, ma'am, but is this going to take long? It's game night. Oh, this is a Boo Radley situation. Cap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish. The class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not too much, man. It took a while. It took about 10 months of pretty much staying at home, but I think I've watched every good movie available on streaming services i am just been, just been watching movies and tv shows and i'm out i got nothing left is that counting Sad. documentaries yeah because i got a couple if you haven't seen uh lord godbird yet that's some wild shit and uh kumare is also i think we watched that one together one time kumare hmm. about the guy that was a fake yogi that swindled all those rich white folks out of their money oh yeah, is that like good. that is that like that Holy Hell documentary with the children no, of God or whatever? No, no, he does it. He does it as like, um, like a social experiment. Because at the end, he's like, "You guys." Oh, a I'm, social experiment. Well, at Good. the end, he's like, "You guys, I'm from New Jersey or whatever. Like, I'm not from India. You guys just bought, you doing? Like, don't I, give people your fucking money." It's kind of the I whole thing. all your end. money. How you doing? But he's yeah. he's he's all torn at the end because like these people really do believe in me and their lives are better from what I've been bullshitting them with, and now I'm gonna fuck their whole world up by being like, "You got played." 
I'll have to anyway, dig deeper. Watch I just scrolled and I just scrolled and scrolled and scrolled last night. I couldn't find anything worth watching, but I'll try again. Sad. I'll That's give it a, a shot. Well, I mean, you know, quarantine might be over some of these one of these days here. Who, who fucking knows? Uh, also, joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey, guys. Um, yeah, Dave, I, I, I have to admit the other night I was like scrolling. I, I didn't spend like quite as much time as what it seems like you're describing, but like usually when I turn on my Netflix, I'm like, oh, there's a thing. And I was just yeah. it's like, there's nothing. There isn't no. a thing. No. So I had to resort to reading a book. Like a oh, my God. Heathen. A book? What is it, the Middle Ages? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Books whoa, whoa. all of a sudden? Come on now. Come on. Like a physical book. Oh, Jesus Christ. I held it in my hand. Are you okay? Should we like send help or some kind of a rescue package? I've, you know what? After being online all day, like day in, day out, like I, I need a physical book. Oh, it's fair. I do some physical drawing every once in a while, so I can, I can understand the, the need of tangible paper in the fingers. I'm right there with you. Uh, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief espionage and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Um, not much. Um, I don't even guess we can call it a good movie or people were saying it was a good movie, but I was watching Uncut Gems earlier and I decided people to take a nap because that. that movie was stupid. So <laughs> People were saying it was very good. I did not want to watch it. Ah, don't bother. I took a lovely little, it's probably like a little 15 minute cat nap. It was great. I feel energized for the pod. Well, as we've established, you are 80. So that makes sense. Yeah. To me. Um, this was your pick. What are we watching? Where can we find it? And what is it about? Okay, we are watching Sugar and Spice. Um, I was reminded of this movie while doing some research for a uh, previous podcast for the hot chick, actually. Oh. Um, it came out in 2000. Because <laughs> uh, Lulu is Fern Rogers. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. Fern. Love Fern. Wow. Big fan. Wow. Okay. Wild, right? Yeah. Um, came out in 2001. It is rentable. So sorry, everybody. You got to pay to watch this. Um, Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play, I'm assuming, etc. It's probably on Vudu. Sure. Yeah. All those places. Um, and the synopsis is uh, when Jack and Diane, so it's not a little ditty about mm-hmm. them. This is oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jack and Diane find oh, themselves <laughs> in an unexpected <laughs> adult situation. The A squad comes to their rescue. In order to help their friend Diane, the A squad goes where no cheerleader has gone before, taking on a little after school project known as bank robbery. But the A squad does things their way, with sugar and spice, forever changing their friendship, their future, and the nation's notion of teen spirit. You see what they did there? At the end there. They said the name of the movie in the synopsis. You <laughs> see did. what they did there? That was good. <laughs> yeah. It, that last clause is a lot. The, the nation's notion of teen spirit. I'm not sure if that happened. But Nation and notion keep them far away from each other. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah. Don't like it. Too cute by half. That was like a very poetic Rotten Tomatoes. So bravo. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, f- I have a feeling I might have to do like a, a deeper recap because I don't know if many people will have seen this movie. But I, I really don't know. I didn't look up to see what the gross was. I, I don't know. Um, Megan, do you want to quick give us a rundown of who's in this movie? Yeah, this is going to be a fun cast rundown because they all have like 
quote unquote, the A squad has like quote unquote, um, you know, names, nicknames that they're called. Um, <clears throat> so we have Marla Sokoloff as Lisa, the informer, Janusz. We have Marley Shelton as Diane, the mastermind, Weston. Ain't no one was going to uh, be informer. In a I, I, mean, yeah. I think it even went down. You guys can take it. Rum. No, I'm not that was really good. Okay, I tried. Anyway, sorry, Megan. That's okay. I usually pause because I'm expecting some sort of ruckus to happen during this. Um, <laughs> Melissa George as Cleo the Stalker Hill or Miller, excuse me. Uh, Mina Suvari. What did you say? She didn't really stalk. She was obsessed, but she didn't really stalk. Yeah. yeah, I don't really understand some of these yeah. quote names, yeah. but whatever. Um, Mina Subari as Kansas, the Rebel Hill, which Kansas. I agree with that one. Love Kansas. Um, which, by the way, if anyone, if like anyone ever named me Kansas, I would d immediately change that. You're gonna be Kansas um, instead of Big Sis. What'd you say? We'll be Kansas next episode instead of Big Sis. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I picked a um, location band. I started singing more than a feeling that is Boston. I meant to do Candle in the Wind. Candle in the no. Wind. Um, and also, uh, what's that? Um, oh, shit. Dust in the Wind. That, That's what yes, it is. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. Um, <laughs> Rachel Blanchard plays Hannah, the quote, Virgin Wald. Just and played Alexa. Cher on the uh, Clueless uh, TV show. Yep. I knew yes. I recognized yep. her from somewhere. Yep, yep for sure. Um, we have Alexandra Holden, who appeared in another recent pod of ours, um, who plays Fern, the quote-unquote Terminator, Rogers, which she is an actual Terminator, so that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, <laughs> and then Sarah Marsh as Lucy, the quote, Brain Bartlett. Um, then you have a few others. Sean Young as Mrs. Hill. W. Earl Brown is Hank Rogers. Um, Adam Bush is the geeky guy. Jake Hoffman is Ted. Where is – oh, James Marsden. Sorry, I skipped over this. <laughs> James Marsden. I was like, where's where's the hottest guy in this? Um, James Marsden is John or, quote, unquote, Jack Bartlett. Um, you'll That'll come back with Jack and Diane, as we alluded to earlier. Um, Wiley Harker is Principal Smith. Kurt – Roger is his himself, and Jerry Kurt, Springer it's is Kurt Loder. Kurt Loder. Oh, you didn't have MTV News. You didn't have MTV News. I was like, who? What? I, I, was I like, just what's thought a Kurt it was some Kurt It's <laughs> Kurge Lodger. Yeah. As oh, because you don't know Kurt Loder. Okay. Kurt <laughs> I, no, Loder. I don't know these things. I don't I know, know pop culture from oh, the back of the day. It's very sad. I was trying to remember Jake Hoffman. That's uh, Dustin Hoffman's son. Oh, oh really? Okay. He, he played he played one of the nerds who went on yeah. to be one of uh, Jack's uh, political advisors. Yeah, that that checks out. Oh, um, yeah, let's uh, let's go around the horn here and give some memories of this movie from before the pod. Uh, Dana, this was your pick. What memories do you have of this one? Uh, I know I'd seen it before. Okay, because um, it it sparked a memory. I think it was purely because um, James Marsden is in it. Um, though I do not have any specific memories of watching this movie. I just know I'd seen it. Uh, and it, but it felt like I was watching it anew when I watched it yesterday. Okay. Big Sis, memories for you? Um, I don't think I've seen this. I actually thought it was a different movie. Um, oh. I, I don't really know what I thought it was, but it, I didn't think it was this. Okay. 
Dave, yeah. how about you? Uh, probably saw a preview at some point somewhere, but I had never seen it in its entirety before yesterday. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I had also never seen this before, um, but kind of like we said with uh, Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead, I had like a super clear memory of the, um, the DVD box in my head from when I worked at that video store. So um, I think that stuck with me and I, I somehow knew what it was about despite never having seen it or like thought of it in the last, I don't know, 25 years or whatever. So that's kind of weird. Um, Wait, did you work at? So no, I worked, I worked at Game Crazy, which was attached to Hollywood Video. Um, okay. Because this was video. Yeah, this was video update. And I couldn't remember if that yes, was they, a video update. Video update. Or uh, we yeah. had a video update down the street from Niqua. Yep. Okay, by, there you go. By the Rosati's. Um, did uh, did this make the grade for you, Dana, as an adult, or should they have held this back? Um, I thought it was like pretty good overall. Like it's a kind of a silly premise, but I liked um what they were going for. Like it wasn't like laugh out loud funny, but I enjoyed its like quirkiness. Um, some of it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, it made the grade. Um, it wasn't terrible. It's also a very quick, like 120 yeah. minutes. Can't yeah. beat it. It's like yeah. 120 before the credits. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was great. I had maybe like a couple notes, but nothing major. So I'm going to give it like a B plus. Okay. Big sis. Yeah, actually I, I'll give it a B as well. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought the detail about it, a plus or minus or just i think it's just a solid b yeah um i wish i would have kind of seen this back in the day because i wonder if my grade would change but um Mm -hmm. yeah i thought it was fun it was short easy like there was a there was a plot um that made sense (laughs) so that was new for us recently yeah remember the hot chick um (laughs) (laughs) dave how about you Uh, it was fine i say b bordering on B plus gets right to it. Not a lot of uh, super superfluous other stuff in it that didn't need to be there. Um, it was fun. I laughed occasionally and uh, yeah. Um, some performances were very, very good and I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I think we're kind of all on the same page here. It's made the grade for me. It wasn't, as you guys said, it wasn't too long. Um, there were a couple of performances that I really liked. Uh, it had the right amount of, self-awareness and like dana said that quirkiness that really kind of fit the movie um they could have made this like a complete slapstick mess or it could have felt like way too heavy given the plot and the sort of tragic nature of basically everyone in the movie um but it really landed like in a, in a pretty sweet spot for me so i'm gonna say like a solid b this is this is doing just fine um before we get into the recap in our segments here does anybody have any fun facts um, I definitely have like an actual fact and then I have somewhere I cannot, uh, claim to know the veracity or the truthfulness of them, but I'm mm-hmm. going to throw them out there. Um, Roger Ebert gave this three stars. Right. actually okay. quite enjoyed this movie. Wow. Um, All right, Rog. I'm right. Trying to remember, I thought I was like trying to remember a good quote from his thing, but I was like annoyed because he like misrepresented some stuff. So there's nothing really great, but Roger enjoyed it. Um, something that I cannot attest for how true it is or not, um, is, uh, I don't know if this, I got this from IMDb or just a random internet search, 
was the fact that um, Gabrielle Union said everybody was going up for this and bring it on. And I think people, certain people were upset that they might have gotten bring it on over this because I think folks thought this would be the, the bigger, better movie. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this is a better movie than Bring It On. Um, I don't think it's as enjoyable for teens as Bring It On was. I think mm. that that's a lot more fun to watch as like a dumb teenager. This is a better fucking movie. Like this is this is better written. There's like more nuance in it. So Worst I just cheerleading though. Terrible cheerleading. I mean, barely any. Not, <laughs> not, not, not as good. I could see um, like from an actor's perspective saying like, I wish I would have gotten you know, sugar and spice instead of bring it on because there's a lot more to like do in this movie, I feel like as an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got I've got an extended fun fact that I want to get to after everybody else goes because it's gonna take me a sec to get through this this convoluted story I gotta tell. Don't shake your head, Megan. It's a good story. <laughs> Are there any other facts? Mm-hmm. Um it was originally supposed to be uh, a black comedy about murdering for money, but they felt it was too similar to Jawbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. So they changed that to make it, uh, you know, Robin Banks, mm-hmm. which I think they, I know you're going to tell a story, but it was actually yeah. inspired by uh, this like Houston group of thieves, like teenage thieves. Um, and I feel like there was some other fact I had about it. There's like another part of the name that I didn't write down and now I can't mm-hmm. remember. It was like Sugar. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did read that. The The title of the movie was supposed to be Sugar, Spice, and like Semi-Automatics or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they, it was like right after Columbine. Yeah, that's um, what I was say, yeah. So they decided to to strip that part out of it. Mm, they probably went for the best. That's probably the right call. Um, okay, so my fact is a little bit of a, a little bit of a story, but it's it's entertaining and it's also like directly related to three of the four of us. So, um, February of 1999, Megan and I were in 8th grade. Dave was a 7th grader. I think uh, Dana was in grad school. Um, yes, yes. There, were, there were three uh, <laughs> yeah, three of our fellow Mequa Valley Wildcats were involved in the theft of $90,000 from the TCF Bank branch inside Jewel Osco on 95th. For those of you who are uh, also alums, it's the one that's right by uh, Lou Malnati's. Um, it's like a grand... Grand larceny is a felony, uh, right? It's it's a oh, super yeah. felony. They robbed a bank. Um, <laughs> class okay. class X in Illinois, very bad. Yeah, oh, so so X. it's basically the same thing as this movie. It's a bank inside of a inside of a grocery store. Um, it was the the first bank that I had, and I think like a lot of kids, their first bank because their parents could take you there as they were buying all kind of poultry and you know produce and shit. Yep. So. Uh, at least five other students um, held the cash and used it to buy uh, TVs, video games, CDs from various stores in Fox Valley Mall. Uh, everyone in this plot went to high school with us except one person. So there's one girl that went to a Bonzi, but everyone else went to Niqua. Um, to set things up for you guys who don't know, Naperville is a super white, well-to-do suburb, which explains this quote from the captain of the Naperville PD. Many of the kids are from very, very good families and have nice homes and great neighborhoods. I think they just got caught up in this. Mm. Motherfucker, they robbed a bank. This isn't like they got caught up in like some kind of a oopsie, we got drunk at a party. They robbed a bank. Miss me with that. Mm. Um, it was masterminded by the incredibly named bank employee, 25-year-old Terry Twist. <laughs> no way. Don't trust the I, dude I, named I, Terry Twist. Terry Twist. Terry Twist. Okay. All yeah. Right. Um, 
So following um, the robbery, Terry Twist fled to Mexico. Uh, he used the stolen bank money to cover a previous embezzlement scheme. All right. So he was already like a criminal at 25 and then was like, oh, I'm going to commit some more crimes and get the fuck out of here. Uh, so here's kind of the, the actual scheme that they put together here. Uh, Twist and one of the Iniqua students, who was also a bank teller, removed $50,000 from the bank vault and planned to stage a fake holdup to cover the theft and perhaps empty the rest of the vault. Um, this all got planned and executed on one day. Right? So they didn't really give it the amount of forethought these girls in the movie did. What? Um, yeah. One day. Yeah. So, so Terry, Terry Twist went to, oh, I can't give you names of these people. Um, I read this article about it from the Chicago Tribune. I know some of their names, but it's been a long time. I don't, they probably have like real jobs. And I don't want to slander them if I get them wrong. Um, but they're all minors. So the Tribune gives their name, like their ages and their genders, but not names. So um, yeah, Terry Twist uh, went to one of the bank tellers at like five o'clock in the afternoon um at 7 30 uh they took the money out of the vault and then um terry and this bank teller called a 17 year old female bank employee to the back office and convinced her to also get down on this plot um the plan was she was supposed to go out for a smoke break um at eight o'clock so three hours after terry was like let's rob a bank three hours later she's supposed to go outside on a smoke break and uh while on her break um a fake bandit was going to run up on her tell her he had a weapon and lead her inside to empty the rest of the bank vault so 50 grand's already gone um like in a car basically and then they're going to have like this fake robbery to explain where the money went and get the rest of the money so right on time um the 17 year old non-bank employee uh showed up said he had a gun took her inside for the fang heist um Right when it was done, Terry Twist took his share and like skipped town that day. Like he was gone right a fucking way because he's a real criminal. And he's like, I'm not going to hang around here. So he got out of town right away, left the teenagers literally holding the bag. Um, the 17 year old girl who, you know, was fake robbed, she faced no charges because she flipped and turned state's evidence immediately on everybody, like told all their shit. Um, so she was also the only one who didn't go to Niqua. She went to a Bonzi, which as we said in the bring it on episode is, um, they'd be the clovers. These are more street smart people who understand how to like not get caught in a super crime. Right. So all the Niqua kids are dumb as shit. She outsmarted all of them. Um, the bank teller faced unspecified charges in juvenile court. The 17-year-old fake bandit and another 17-year-old who held some of the loot were charged with theft. Four additional 16-year-olds from Niqua faced juvenile charges for taking and spending the money. Jesus um, Christ, man. Yeah, this was, was a, a big net. Um, I, I just, like, I literally don't, like, so many pieces of this. I'm like, did anyone just, like, say this aloud? I mean, they planned it and executed it in three hours. So, like, no. So, no. No one thought no about thought it. at all. I, you know, so their downfall is just like in the movie. Like, they, the plot unraveled because rumors started spreading in the school. Um, what downfall? Well, what are you about? well, yeah. We'll get to That's, it. We'll get to even, it. That doesn't happen in the movie. Here's well, the thing. I think Terry Twist knew what he was doing. He was like, I'm going to get this yes. money, get my bag, and get the fuck out, and let the yes. teens deal with this. Yes. Terry Twist, um, nursing rhyme character. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Nursery rhyme character. Kind of a, a Oliver Twist cousin. Um, friends Jack of the Spratt. robbers began talking about their sudden extravagant spending habits after this happened because all of a sudden they're buying TVs and let's see, 99, I guess, PlayStation 1s, N64s, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so many CDs, probably. A oh, yeah. Box. A lot of CDs they bought, apparently. And yeah, so, if they each got like 10 grand, you could get like, what, 50 CDs with that? I've five been, CDs? You can six get five CDs? or six double CDs. They were expensive back then. Hey, oh. <laughs> so this, this is the last thing I have to say. It's, it's an amazing quote uh, from 16-year-old Sarah Miller, who I don't recall from high school, but we were there with her. She was a couple years older than us. It shocked me. Here, kids have gotten money and they can get away with whatever they want. Which mm. That's what shocked you about it? All okay. of Naperville over, apparently. So yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, just watching this movie, I'm like, yeah, they're better robbers than the, the dudes that my brother knew in high school who tried to rob a bank in three hours. <laughs> like, didn't give it any forethought. Right away, they were living like the dudes in uh, Goodfellas after the, um, what was that, the Idlewild heist, where they're just buying, like, fur coats. And- the Lufthansa <laughs> heist. Lufthansa heist, that's right. I thought, didn't you know, I was going to make a Goodfellas reference. I thought... I thought, like De Niro was like, "Don't spend the money." No, right that was Henry Hill. He that did, Ray, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Ray because he, was he, like, he wanted to keep the it. money. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah. wanted to end up keeping it and kill everybody. And he and did. Then, and then the like guy who later. kept buying all the the fur coats was that yeah. the guy who kind of got? Okay. Um, he was. It's I mean, in my wife's name. It's in my wife's name. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't give a fuck if it's your wife's yeah. name. We got it, guys. We needed that money, Karen. Aaron. We, are, we will do Goodfellas one of these days, guys. I'm gonna try to <laughs> yeah, for fun. The yeah. teens for one minute in the beginning of it. Um, but now that we've got our, our real life bank heist out of the way, let's get into this recap and some of our segments here. Um, Dana, where do you want to get started? Okay, so I do think like I'm gonna give. I know we did the the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis, but I do think I need to like call out some other stuff, listeners. This is one of the ones that might be obscure, but I do think worth your while it's literally the whole movie is an hour and 23 minutes long or not i think it's like an hour and 13 minutes it's It's very quick so it's worth your time to give it a shot yeah but basically um as the uh recap alluded to jack and diane um meet at a pep rally um somehow they've never spoken to one another which we can talk about later but they have never met though he's going to be the starting quarterback Oh, was he new? He, he was a new kid. They introduced him as a starting quarterback at the pep rally. Like, okay, I wrote that down. For him. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I was like, is he new? I missed that. Okay. So he is new um, at the pep rally. Uh, they meet because Diane flips into him, does like a bunch of back <laughs> handsprings and like kicks him in the face. That's how they meet. It's a very passionate love affair. Um, they get pregnant. Uh, there's the moment where they're going to homecoming. They come down the stairs. They tell their parents they're getting married. The parents are very happy. <laughs> very nonchalant about all this. God. So excited. But then they say, and we're pregnant. And then the parents lose their shit. So I thought that was weird. We can always cycle back to any of this. But I feel like it's important uh, to have some of these uh, things that you have to know. So because parents were happy and then very upset and I think they cursed them out um they kicked them out of the house uh they Jack tries to get some jobs doesn't go super well again we'll probably circle back but because he's not making a lot of money uh Diane gets a job and then she realizes while watching was it like I forget what movie they were watching. I'm trying to think of what they were watching when she... It wasn't Heat. They watched Was it the one where the deer gives birth and then... No, No, they were watching Point Break. They did watch where the deer gives birth. A deer (laughs) fall out of another deer. That was vile. That was... No one needed to watch It's reality. That's how it happens. And then just keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. Walks around half a deer out of you. Yeah. 
because um, they're great. Because <laughs> they move into their own apartment that is like very gross and slummy, but it's still, even though it's cheap, it's too much for them to afford. Their jobs aren't doing it while watching Point Break with the girls. On a girls' night, they get the brilliant idea to rob a bank, and then shenanigans ensue. Um, I guess also the the big part of this is most of the movie is told from the perspective of Marla Sokoloff's Lisa, the informer. She's yeah. pretty much the narrator who is a very jealous, uh, envious. This is Gia. Gia, yes. right? This, this is Gia, yes. the bad influence from uh, from Full House. Yes. yes. We got. I literally wrote. Oh quick. yeah. Wait. wait, wait so okay, yeah, fin- finish she, finish the synopsis, and then we got to talk about Gia. Yeah, she's the narrator of this whole thing and her situation, talking to the cops, basically, she's like giving the cops the rundown and it's all kind of told in flashback. It's wild. It's really weird setup, but that's basically it. So it's a bunch of high school like cheerleaders. Someone gets pregnant. Uh, they have to pay for it. So bank heist. And then we'll, we'll get into the rest of it. Again, I think it's worth your time, listeners. It's literally an hour and 13 minutes. It's like a long episode of a Netflix TV show. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, and it's, it, it, you don't feel that hour and 15, hour and 20. Like it, it moves pretty swiftly. Uh, that said, Marla fucking Sokoloff. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. I, we, as we said, she, she narrates the movie, but also I don't know that we can talk about it without mentioning that she basically is doing like a 1930s gangster accent. Same yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down some of her lines here to give you kind of a flavor of what she's doing. Uh, the squad as a whole, they're closer than Carolina Cousins, see? Most of us feel like we don't have a horse chance in heaven. Jack, see? I don't know about hey, but the hoe was right on the money, see? Like she was talking like she was a, like a mobster the whole time. I'm just like, this is a choice you're making as an actress. There's also a line where she's like, because they, the, the cheerleader, the A squad, they're so tight that it's like they all get their monthly visit from Aunt Rose at the same yes. time. And I'm like, no yeah. one says Aunt Rose. No, every, every line that she says is like, she was doing the same thing that they had Christian doing Clueless, only she was good at it. It felt fun when she did it. Um, man, I she was just, having her as the narrator of this movie, number one, not a reliable narrator. Like, you understand she is... She's invested in this story and she has a very specific kind of an outcome that she wants to see go down. Um, and they, they show her a lot in the movie kind of getting shit on. Like if you see her with the B squad of cheerleaders, the B squad, they're all relatively homely looking ladies. Like it's not like they're as cute as the A squad. Uh, near the end, we see her getting her mustache bleached and a pedicure, but she's got like a bad fungus on her foot. <laughs> It's just like, Aww. yeah, she's, they did a lot with that character that I had a lot of fun watching her the whole time. Yeah, like literally I felt the, the intro, I I wrote down strong intro. Like yeah. I was hooked like in the first like three minutes and then it had you kind of, unlike a lot of these other kind of like girl, you know, girl fun movies, this one like had me actually thinking and trying to like, figure out her connection it and they like easily lead you to it you know eventually but um i was i was hooked i didn't write down very much because i was just like drinking it in yeah well and as you mentioned that intro 
I was I was a little bit skeptical at the beginning because the first thing I wrote down is like this is the most motley crew of witnesses I've ever seen in my life. Like everybody in that witness room is like a different kind of a, a caricature. Yeah. And when they're like, all right, like let's take a Bust picture a for some reason. Bust a pose, I should say. Yeah, strike taking a, a picture Fuck. of the police lineup and they all like snap into a fun pose and I'm like, all right, I'm Adorable. I'm in on whatever you guys are doing here. That was this fantastic. Is be a fun fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it, and that's yeah. See, yeah. see, it's quite a fun <laughs> film we have here. Um, <laughs> so that is like your. I forget exactly how like it's all introduced, but um, yeah, she's the she is basically the only witness who also feels comfortable talking to the cops. Like, there's one person who was like the checkout woman at the grocery store slash bank who was like hiding behind glasses, going like, "Are you sure they can't see us?" And I was like, "Yeah." Why are well, you afraid of these people? Well, she, she's also, well, they, they, I mean, they, they had what appeared to be an automatic rifle as part oh, of this robbery. Right. But I think also she's the only one who like knows who was under their mask. Cause I don't, I, cause she saw them do the illegal cheerleading <laughs> as part oh, of yeah. the heist. So mm-hmm. they can all recognize them as like, oh, put that Betty mask from Archie on your head. I can tell it's you. But she knew who was under the mask, and she was the only one who actually knew it because she's a stickler for the rules, which is a weird character trait for her. Yeah, it was. It was, and I think like the whole bet. Like I was a cheerleader. Like I, it wasn't that high, and I don't think you actually needed to have a back spot. But that's a whole. We don't need to get into the the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually loved that she was like a stickler for the rules because like she wasn't a good cheerleader like at all like she was one of those people who who are like you know made the b squad because like you know the rules like yeah basically. She's, she's the kind of person that has like a terrible golf handicap but still calls like the pga and says oh this is a rule violation at the master's like give him a stroke penalty because he shouldn't be able to do this yeah yeah she's she's a real i wanted more of her like actual life story in the movie because we see her basically like as as a loser version of what she wants to be but like i wanted to see her at home i wanted to see a, a scene of her and like trying to really get the b squad together um the only time we see her cheer is when they have her in like a hockey uniform and she falls down <laughs> really bad. Like she, yeah. they fucked up her skates or whatever, like her rollerblades. And so she wipes out and hurts herself really bad. But like she, I, she should have had more, like more big roles. Cause she was a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. I was kind of like, what happened to her? And I don't know. Like I'm, I, I'm a little bit curious now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Couple, well, like her in, in the movie or her as an actress? As an actress, I think. As an actress. actress. Yeah. Uh, I, I just remember yeah, a couple so years you... later, she was one of the girlfriends in uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, that's and right. made made oh, me laugh so hard. The continuum transfunctioner. He just keeps saying stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. back and forth. Almost that was pretty good. That was enough times. Yeah. Well, enough. anyway, back mm-hmm. to this film. Yeah. So, uh, since we were talking about the B squad, we'll talk about the A squad, which is made up of, I know Megan kind of gave their quotes. Actually, no, I wrote them down. So there is the mastermind who I also would consider like the Miss Perfect. She is Diane. She is the one who gets pregnant. Um, we have the Virgin, which is Hannah, who is played yeah. by the girl who plays Cher on the Clueless TV show. We have Kansas, who is the rebel slash bad girl. Um, I actually like didn't really get people's names. Uh, Lucy is the brain. 
Yeah. And then we had uh, Fern the Terminator. Well, there's Fern the Terminator. I don't, Fern doesn't really count to me as part of the initial click. And then there's no. the sex pot, but I can't remember. What, oh, the stalker. Uh, yeah, the stalker Ooh. was uh, Cleo. Cleo. Who? So let's it's, talk it's a, about Cleo. Yeah, it's an. It, well, let's the group as a whole. I guess like the only thing that ties them together is that they're all on the A squad. Yeah. But like, would this group? actually be friends with one another if like no. they just seemed so different no kansas but, would not be friends with any of these girls well i so so i disagree because it seemed like if your a cheerleading squad is that small and your b cheerleading squad is that small you're from like a small town and okay. i have like i have a couple of friends from a small town actually um and they were like they're like yeah there were five popular girls because they were like 15 girls in our class, you know, like, um, you know, and I was one of them, but I'm like nothing like those other people, you know? So I actually bought that they could be friends and maybe they like grew up in the same like cheerleading or dance camps and like literally had to do the same exact ones all, you know, all these years and Mm. to this point. That's a point. I don't really, I don't know. um, We don't get an idea for where the movie takes place or like really how big this town is. Um, Yeah, so I could see it being, I mean, we see the football team uh, like go to state and win state or whatever, but I mean, you can do that at a really small school anyway. Um, I'm, thinking like, I'm thinking like 2A or 3A. It could be. A town of maybe 10,000 people max, be. probably even less than that. Cause, yeah, cause and it's Megan was, probably named Lincoln, I'm guessing. Well, the, yeah. There's well, a lot of Lincolns. Lincoln Fighting Lincolns is the name. The of Fighting Lincolns, because uh, we're not creative. Yeah, the, I, like Megan said, I'm not um, living in Iowa and going to college in Iowa. I've got a number of friends from very, very small towns. I had a friend from college uh, whose high school abbreviation was O-A-B-C-I-G, and each of those letters stands for a different high school that closed and got consolidated in one school. So, uh-huh. like, there, were, I mean, you're driving 40 miles to get to your school because, you know, it's the only school in this area of the state. Um, and I am always a little bit, like dumbfounded at how when you have 12 kids in a graduating class everyone is equally cool equally nerdy we're all friends there's no one else to fucking talk to so i could see them being friends if this was a big school like we went to it's hard to imagine the scenario where kansas hangs out with any of these girls outside of school where any of these girls are not just like mean as shit to weird ass cleo uh I mean, yeah, I thought, that's allowed to hang out with these girls. Yeah, I feel like Kansas and Cleo could be friends. Yeah, I could weird. see, yeah, Hannah, sure. the virgin religious girl, being friends with like the Miss Perfect Diane. They fit together. Yeah, the brain, I don't, I don't think they flushed out Lucy enough. That's my like one complaint. I didn't, yeah. I didn't get enough of her. Not really. We, we got like one scene where we kind of explain sort of what she's about but that's i mean it's near the end yeah yeah um also it's just weird to me i guess it like makes it seems weird at the beginning but then it comes kind of back to play later but they also kind of stick to color schemes so diane wears pink hannah the virgin wears lavender Mm -hmm. um kansas the rebel wears black the brain wears white which didn't really make sense to me you think that would have been the virgin and then the sex pot usually wears like reds or maroons, a which I was red. like, okay, we're all sticking to a color scheme. But then when they're, as part of their research later, watching Reservoir Dogs, it kind of makes sense because everybody's mm. a color in that film. I don't and know. I think, it was just... um, 
during the heist, I'm pretty sure they had like the duct tape was also uh, color coded to their characters too. I'm pretty sure it was like a red gun, a blue gun, a green gun. I noticed that. I did not notice that. Wow. I forgot. The mm-hmm. duct- I, 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 we, we'll I get into the logistics of, of we the heist. Tape, we, had to, we had to tape our guns together. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this was a quick movie, but to everyone's point, like, I think actually adding a few more minutes for like unwrapping each character would actually have made me give it like an A minus because I just I just felt like I was like invested, but I could have been invested just a tidge bit more if I knew a little bit more about them. You put in one more monologue, um, or not monologue, uh, montage of these girls like at home while they're planning the heist because we see them like watching movies at home um, to prepare for this heist. If you would have done that, we're just like them trying to actually prepare, but like cover their tracks. That could have, I think, fleshed out some of the characters some more. But yeah, yeah, because I I don't know anything about Lucy. Yeah, I have some thoughts about the heist stuff. Um, oh, and then the last it. thing on the color scheme, Lucy wears green because she's like envious, she's jealous. Her color is oh, green. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. It's like right. little Wait, things. Wait, Lucy. Lisa. Lucy or Lisa? Sorry, Lisa. Not you shouldn't I, have a Lucy and a Lisa in the same fucking movie. <laughs> I also don't remember who's Lucy again. Is she the brain? Lucy anyway, the brain. Marla Sokolov's character, <laughs> whenever she's not a cheerleader, is wearing green. She's wearing a lot of green. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. very uh, Great Gatsby interpretation esque. You know, the green light that means money. Oh boy, I love it. No, <laughs> fancy pants. Like, no, Dave reading nothing. books. Dave and Megan no. over here. With yeah, you guys remember talking about that? The, the colors, everything means everything. I'm like, I remember oh. talking about it. Maybe they're just wearing green. I don't know. I, I remember talking about a book in high school for three months, and I'm like, "How is this possible?" Yeah, I, I recall our discussion of 1984 a lot more than our discussion of uh, Great Gatsby. It's a better fucking book. There, I said it. I'll stand by that. Wow. Okay. Um. Do we want to say any more about uh, Cleo's weird obsession with Conan O'Brien or just it happens? It's I have there. a lot to say about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> like, um, wait, but can I just actually say first, yeah. I have a very weird obsession with Conan O'Brien. Same. And Yeah. And so I like, I get it, actually. I mean, as we realized in Clueless, you have a thing for redheads. I mean, this is, this is I think, you said that yourself wait. about having a crush on Seth Green. Or not Clueless, uh, can't hardly wait. Okay. I was like, but in real life, I don't know well, You might, turns out. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the Conan thing to me is like a textbook example of this movie having the kind of like self-awareness and quirkiness that made it stand out. Like there's no reason to have that be part of the movie. There is literally, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It, it could have very easily have been, I mean, who was hot at night? I guess like DiCaprio. It could have been one of the Backstreet Boys. Like, you know, it could have been any of your your textbook, you know, heartthrobs of the time. They decided to go with a very obscure, weird choice for a teenage girl to have a crush on. And it was so, like, overdone. Like, it, it was her defining character trait was that she was obsessed with Conan O'Brien. And I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a fun thing to write in there. That's a fun little joke. Yeah. Not just obsessed with Conan O'Brien, but they were going to have like an all leather apartment or something yeah. like a leather. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say to anybody who watches uh, Real Housewives of New York City, I was imagining um, that house that Alex and Simon move into. And, you know, the listeners who are familiar are cracking up right now because their house was fucking mm-hmm. leather, everything and disgusting and horrifying. And it looked yeah. like it's kind of a. You just better have really good. House. 
You just better have good central air, man. It'll be sticking to everything all the time. <laughs> Not gross. Or, or like a nice time. <sighs> don't don't do it. Just don't have leather all over your fucking house. It's well, one big couch is fine, but don't sleep on leather couch. It's not. No, I don't need a leather yet. couch, man. It's... Are you sure? Big puffy one? Like a... No. Really comfortable. Yeah. All right, fine. Whatever. Like cool. a nice leather armchair. To... Like, okay. Yeah. With like the beads, those weird little metal beads. Oh, oh sure. yeah, rivets. Yeah. Rivets love it. Love the rivets. rivets. Cup holder in it. Have my whiskey. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Anyway, I don't know. Nice, nice oak, <laughs> oak, everything around it. Yes. Mm. And many leather, leather-bound books. Leather -bound books. <laughs> leather -bound books. I'm, I'm friends with Mervyn Olson. He comes over <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, that was like a weird thing. The writer did say so. The person who's like credited as the writer is a like a pseudonym for the actual writer. She took her name off of it because they made oh. so many changes. Oh. But that woman, I think his name, her name is like Lona Williams, worked, like actually did have a crush on Conan O'Brien when she was like a PA and he was writing for The Simpsons. That's so that's great. why it's in there. Cause she that actually is great. I like that. Well, he's, he's not a bad looking guy. He's yeah, tall. Okay. He's tall. He's, he's got a good head of hair. I mean, he's great funny. Yeah. Right? My yeah, friend and I smart. in middle school were like, so excited to like when we had sleepovers to like stay up and watch Conan. Yeah, and we yeah. thought it was so funny. No, used to well, like, I, I actually wrote down. I think I get it. <laughs> I mean, I back I in that, one. yeah, back in this day, especially like late night was like old people. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, you had David Letterman, who I also I love. Um, Leno, who I guess wasn't that old yeah, at that time. Yeah, Jay Leno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, you can't like him. And then there's like Conan, like the, the the befuddled, like, you know, guy next door that makes you laugh. And you're just yeah. like, oh, that's kind of refreshing there, for late night. There, there's a, a Conan sketch that I've watched a trillion times. Um, they used to do this thing where it was like, they bring down a TV and they'd be like, all right, so we got a, a fancy satellite and here's all the cable channels that we get on this thing. There's one where they find a German channel that has a game show on it called Stackenblocken. And the whole premise of this game is yeah. you have to like arrange items on a desk at a perfect right angle. And if you don't like you get beaten because it's Germany or whatever. And it's like this dude does he's all stressed out and at the end one of the things is like eighty nine degrees and they just like beat the piss out of him on TV. And I've watched Stack and Blocking on YouTube like a bazillion times. Watch Stack and Blocking. It's it's pretty fucking great. Good to know. I'll, I'll stack Make a note. Stack and blocking. <laughs> put put a pin in that. We'll, we'll post it somewhere. I'll, I'll put a link to it. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, that is her, like, defining quirk is that she really loves Conan O'Brien. Um, the other one, one thing else to call about the crew that I noticed later towards, like, the middle of the movie is that the ringleader is blonde. There are two brunettes and there are two redheads. And I just thought it was, like, interesting the like mm. color about like the, even their hair it's all like there's just yeah. weird little things that you can like pick up on when yeah, you're watching pretty clever. yeah all right just another little thing about the click yeah. um we can talk about jack and diane right here um <laughs> yeah it's a ditty about jack and diane outside the taste of food jesus christ love it for a semester <laughs> That's what we're doing. Um, so, wait, 
<laughs> no, Dave and I are singing John Cougar Melon Camp for everybody. Oh, no, we no. I had to hold. I had to hold myself back because you guys were talking about a small town earlier. I'm like, this yeah. is a John Melon Camp episode. I yeah. had to hold myself back. Oh my, <laughs> my god. Well, I will say so. One of the the quotes that we were talking about earlier that um, I I don't remember her real name. Gia set up. Um, what's her real name? Marla Lisa, Lucy, Lisa, Lisa, whatever her name is. Um, yeah. <laughs> when she was describing the moment um, that Dana mentioned where she backhand springs into um, Jack, Diane backhand hand springs into Jack and that's how they met. Um, and she goes, that's when Jack and Diane met. It was like he was a bar of chocolate and the whole school had the rag. I mean, and I was like, how is this? Oh, it's, it's a metaphor. She's talking to the police. Police, <laughs> everybody. Like, this is, she is like, like a seventeen-year-old girl. I, I like it. I almost felt like, are we doing a basic instinct? I've never seen that film, but I was like, should she be smoking a cig? And like, it's not bad. It's not bad. Police <laughs> officers just like, I don't care about any of this. Can you get to like the important <laughs> parts, please? Point. Yeah. But I did. Point. I did actually. I'm like. Why is that the metaphor? But then I'm also like, I understand. I understand. Everyone wants a wants a piece of him. I mean, it's wild. I, I on that topic, um, the Jack character for me was like, I think maybe one of the best examples that I've seen of a of a new kid coming to school and just being the coolest, like most popular kid there right away because he's good looking. Like I always remember being super jealous when a new kid would show up and be crowned like king shit of fuck mountain by the start yeah. of the period. It happened so many times in middle school, especially, but also high school. And like, yeah, this is exactly how it goes. He showed up. He was a handsome kid. By the time that they're giving their weird homecoming court like campaign speeches, he's able to fully control the crowd like Mao Zedong. Like he's over here. like. <laughs> It's he has them fucking mesmerized yeah. by every word that he says, and that that's dead on for me. Uh, this couple was fucking weird though. Um, yeah. Like we don't really see a whole lot of development in their relationship. You would think they'd have like a fight or a falling out, uh, as we've discussed. Um, I watched an awful lot of MTV's Teen Mom and also TLC's Unexpected. It was weird to see a broke-ass couple of teen parents who, like, don't really know each other, but they didn't scream at each other constantly and cheat on each other and, like, do drugs at each other and shit. Like, that's how those shows work. So, do you think see them just, like, be a loving couple was weird as shit. Are they dumb? Is that where they get along? he's dumb as shit. I think she might not be, like, dumb, dumb, but I I know he's dumb. dumb. Looking at him in the grocery store talking about all the different cereals, okay, his yeah, brain yeah, don't yeah. work. Like and he just picks up a random kid, which would get you like <laughs> murdered now, yes. but, but he's, he's got slapped in luck. Yeah, so that's, why, that's why it was okay. Up my kid, which I don't yeah. have any kids, wow. but if he did, and I did, I would be fine with it. I mean, he picked yeah. up a random kid as a, as a prop for a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. professor. James yeah. Mars did. <laughs> What if our kid looks like this? This would be great. <laughs> was Burrito. One oh. nacho chip. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dumb. Yes. The Here, I, I had to talk myself into the dumbness. The oh. dumbitude. Yeah, it's oh, good stuff. Stupid as shit. 
the montage of him at his early jobs working at different fast food places where yes Ooh. he's calling out all the burritos he's literally tallying up a bunch of stuff and then he go, and you see this like long line of people backing up at the window and he goes that'll be 35 cents and it's just like terminated May, maybe in 1935 but well, not the now next one, he was at like a chicken place and he's like apple of nothing yeah there's no fried wraps in there we don't really do that that's i, I checked it i'm like yeah fired again I checked. I checked. And then the only he only gets... gets a job and video update is because the nerds like him. Those yeah. were tough jobs to get. I wanted to work there so bad. I couldn't Tony get the Oaks job. had that job, man. Tony and Eric Bramwell uh, both had that job. Well, yeah. Tony's a talker. People like to hire talkers. Tony's very, yeah, he's very affable. Uh, I'm just like, and then, I'm, and then I'm you very hire him and, and then you hire him and then he hates everything. Uh, yeah. Long story yeah. short, he wound up streaking through the store. I drove the getaway car. Uh, it was a fun day. Nice. Um, so back to Jack and Diane. Uh, yeah, it just, but they also like, there's also part of it in those homecoming speeches, which what the hell was that? It was like each group at school had to nominate a candidate and they had to give a speech. Like the football team, he was their representative. Yeah. The geek was the representative. Some girl was like, I'm the representative of the 4-H club. The, the obvious lesbian representative. 4-H rules. Club. Like, oh, yeah. okay. But he said in his speech, like, was it something more than he wanted to become a senator one day was to yeah. take Diane to the homecoming dance and that's how he asked her and, she's like, <gasps> and then they aggressively made out in front of the entire student body and teachers like and teachers yeah and the no lunch ladies yeah. yeah it was their aggressive makeouts were were I laughed I think every time because it was like no one really kisses like this and they were trying to hurt each other with their mouths yeah it was they were interesting. They were very hopeful. Um, they were hopeful, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Diane Diane ended up getting super annoyed at them. She she got annoyed, I think, when she realized, like, oh, you're going to be a fucking awful father. <laughs> like, you're not equipped for this at all at this age. Everyone yeah. at 17 is a fucking awful father. <laughs> like it's got time said, to grow into it. But, I watch uh, yeah. Teen Mom. I watch Unexpected. None of those kids should be having kids. Not yeah. one of them. Well, they were. Mm -hmm. they also, like, went out of their way to make them look dumb. Um, there's a part where the rest of the group finds out Diane is pregnant because, you know, their flow, their Aunt Rose visits yeah, are coordinated. So they're, they're at the homecoming Jesus. dance, passing yeah. the tampons under the, under the, uh, bathroom stalls. Cause they're a giant box of OB tampons. Yeah. Yep. Just passing them down. No, during those, during, there was a bathroom part where, uh, the Mina Suvari character crawls under the stall yeah, her, her door's broken again i understand yeah. clean women's <laughs> bathrooms cleaner bathrooms less but still you don't crawl in the clean fucking, though, still. i was like you're you are an animal you are out of I, control. I to do that before oh Why? no go over the top go over the top no you can open the door it's okay well the door's broken oh the that, door's broken. that was a broken door i didn't know yeah, the door was the broken. yeah she's like oh i always get this one the broken stall door i've learned yes. a lot so I've but still door and you can you cannot climb over how come? Because there's not an like I you can't pretty tall. Stand on the toilet and vault. Listeners, I'm like motioning as if I'm trying to vault over. You the, got, you got long like JC. Stall. Just like just like parkour your way over the top. I feel like. No, <laughs> I do not have upper arm strength. Women do not. You might like fall into the other stall's toilet. Like that's just oh, like oh, logistics. Yeah, fair, it would fair. be great. Touche. Um. 
but so they figure out she's pregnant because she refuses taking the passed down tampon box mm-hmm. and uh the rebel says something like oh i'm not the first one so that was kind of interesting surprise not yes! the first one yeah me. and then yeah. hannah talks one about me. you know and you find out she's pregnant we can send you to Oregon. Oregon to take yeah. care of a crazy aunt and they'll take care of the baby because I don't want you to be a whore and a murderer. <laughs> listen, listen, yeah. listen. Well, you'll well, you'll, well, you'll come back in about nine months, puffy Let's, and yeah, confused. Puffy kind of confused. Um, so Jumped they do all that and then at one point when she is like trying to talk about why she thinks she can handle being a parent and she's like, it's from, you know, so we know someone who's done it a long time ago. She makes it sound like she's talking about like Mary. It's Mary. Yeah. yeah. Um, instead, they start quoting Papa Don't Preach. <laughs> like very <laughs> Like in a very heartfelt, like spoken word, Papa Don't Preach. Yeah. I'm trouble deep. Deep. Yes. Oh, oh shows- I'm keeping my baby. <laughs> I'm keeping my My baby. Yeah. <laughs> And then next, they go to a bank and try to get a home loan based oh on their school records. And, I was just and like, his football records, because there are football records. records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One pass. Listen, listen. A, couple, a couple of legit dum-dums over here. And the, the look on the bank employee's face where she was just like, oh my god, like, you guys want to have a kid? <laughs> like, she looks so sad and shocked. <laughs> Oh, that, okay. So these parts, oh. there actually were some like laugh out loud moments. I forgot, yeah, there were but some. it was just, it was funny. They were, there were parts where they like. That's the one thing they make her seem so dumb, but then she like masterminds like the heist. So she, I don't know. you know what? Well, did she mastermind the heist? Because it seemed like a lot of it was like we could just like steal them. the money. Yeah, it just was dictated it. to them by Kansas's mom's like cellmates where they openly planned a bank robbery out loud in front of prison guards one foot away from people that were just like i miss my family so (laughs) should we get into i know we were going to possibly do potent quotables i think we should just talk about the heist we've been yeah let's dancing around it let's Um, get into this heist we don't have a segment title for this i'm not going to make one this is probably going to be your only bank robbery movie it's fine um so the heist as i said earlier is inspired by watching point uh, break, which, you know, all great ideas come from watching Keanu Reeves movies. Sure. Mm. Um, so they watch that movie and then to help themselves prepare for other ones, because um, they're like, well, how do we learn? And it's like, we watch the movies and we learn what they do, but we try not to get caught. So that's the thing. <laughs> so um, what gets them caught, yeah. we, we ignore that stuff and stay away from it. Exactly uh-huh. how a uh-huh. 17-year-old would think, though. That's 100% yeah. what these girls would think. Yeah, so they watch Heat, Reservoir Dogs, uh, there's a little point break. Uh, Hannah watches the Apple Dumpling Gang. Apple Dumpling Gang. Because she can only watch G movies. Yeah. (laughs) So cute. Dude, all the movies they watch, they all end badly for all the characters. They all die. Reservoir Dogs, I think they all die. I'm pretty sure they're all dead at the end of that. They should have watched Little Suspects. Just do what Kyber Sosa does. And Dog Day Afternoon, yeah. They all die. Yeah, they yeah. did not take some bad movies. Um, yeah. Are there better heist movies? Like, not pre 2001. I don't think. Uh, maybe maybe they watch like Ocean's Eleven. That was Ocean's a little later. That would have been perfect for yeah. them. They would have loved it. Wait, wait, no, out there. 
the original Oceans came out That's like true. oh sorry the Could've yeah the, the Frank Sinatra version in, yeah. from 1961 yeah I have but, not uh, seen um, that so wasn't I there a DB Cooper movie um, I don't think so that if not there should have been and this wait is the when were the born the born movies was this pre born I think the first well, one was 1999 so they probably yeah, could have watched the. They probably could have watched, but I mean, that's not really, I don't, I don't, there's not a lot of heist movies where it all works out in the end. Turns out. <laughs> you usually get Turns caught. Out. Turns I mean, out. Goodfellas, heist movie, doesn't go well. Yeah. I've been watching The Fast and Furious. That's kind of, that's more cars. But that was also so. before, and plus the first Fast and the Furious, they were still in combination TV VCRs. <laughs> so oh, not a great yeah. heist. Jesus, yeah. Oh my God. Um, On the so yeah. Okay. So yeah, the prepping for this uh, it was interesting. Um, she also decides to rob the bank she works at, which like, I don't. I don't know if I would have like the logistics of it. Just seem well, like a bad idea. But I guess you would know. Seventeen-year-olds robbing the bank they worked at. Okay, that's we just we did discuss <laughs> that earlier. Um, so they realize that the movies aren't the best way to go. So as we were saying, they visit Kansas's mom in prison, where they openly get advice on how to do this. That was from... insane to me. Like, it wasn't even one of those, like, t- for listeners, if you haven't seen this movie, you think about going to, like, you know, talk to somebody in prison and they have, like, the little phone thing where you hold it up and there's a glass you put your palm up to because you're sad. This was open-air discussion. Oh, Billy! Right. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dave. Yep, just put the nip up there. discussion yeah. at, like, uh, the, 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 there was a glass partition that was, like, rib cage high between the two of them. You're just you can you can openly like pass things back and forth, and there's a guard five feet behind them as they're just Doing discussing nothing. how to rob banks, and they come back multiple times. Yeah, it's not like oh we went there once and got it all. There's a whole montage of them going and talking to these criminals about how to rob a bank. No, I thought it was that's like minimum security, but her mom's in yeah. there for murder. Murder. It, so she wouldn't life, be in life without be, parole. Maybe if she's lucky and it's been like well behaved, she could be in medium security, but oh, she'd, she'd be in a maximum security <laughs> like prison. She murdered a man and got life with no parole. Um, but through this through this prep that they go through, uh, we wind up with perhaps the most fascinating character in the movie. Can we talk about Fern's dad real quick? <laughs> like he's yeah. on screen oh, my, for two ew. minutes, and he is I... doing the most with those two minutes. <laughs> I wanted to just curl up and like oh, die, spray so like a shit ton of Lysol. Yeah. He looked, he looked like he smelled like mildew. Like he looked, <laughs> he's disgusting. He's one of my favorite characters. It's W. Earl Brown. He's one of my favorite yeah. character actors. He's been, name a movie. He's in it. And he's been in it. Seriously. <laughs> and he plays these kind of people a lot of yeah. the time. Some, he sometimes so he'll, he'll uh, play like a small town sheriff, but most of the time it's kind of scummy marginal people. He's, yeah, he's good at it. He was great in this role. I mean, I yeah. I believed him as like a, a gross, you know, horrifying man. Um, Who's an arms dealer? Well, yeah, an arms dealer with like Central American. I mean, I guess some kind of a military junta, perhaps he was part of, or I don't know, FARC. But then, yeah. um, and then they brought out poor Fern, which my notes just say, "Oh, this is a Boo Radley situation." <laughs> she, <laughs> she was living under the porch. Like, poor Fern. This is my daughter. Yeah, we have to call out. The reason why they brought Fern out is because they go visit the arms dealer exterminator man 
and they want to buy guns, but they, and I was like, where are they, I literally, my notes go, where are they going to get money for guns? And then, and like, I just needed to let the scene play out. Yep. And it was, he, like, wants $1,500. I was like, you're committing a crime because you don't have money. You don't have money for, so. That's a pretty good deal for six guns. I would have thought. Well, just originally five, so it's like 300 bucks. Oh, five, 300 bucks a gun, that's. Five. You, you ever been to a gun store before? New no, guns are pricey as shit. Well, he that was raised black. I can't guns. go into a gun store. Right, that's still yeah. used, but but he's selling them illegally, so you could be like, I'll charge whatever the fuck I want. Well, but five, I want a thousand dollars a gun. Five and guns and no out. ammo. Just the yeah, yeah. There you go. Which in that yeah. case, I was like, well, just go to a toy store, get some toy guns, and paint them black. Like that's what you do here. I mean, that's that's the there move. is that real. They're not gonna like check. <laughs> you need to have a real gun. Yeah. But instead of paying for the guns, he asked them to make his daughter a cheerleader, which I was like, okay, cute, um, weird <laughs> choice. But like, then she just becomes a cheerleader at their school. And I was like, did Fern even go to the school? You're like, she didn't go here. Um, <laughs> well, and, and also this has become, I think, the, the running theme for cheerleading films, not a coach in sight. Not a faculty member. It's fantastic, they, they right? They just choose who's on the A squad and it's whoever they feel like. <laughs> like, yeah, they just, sure, we'll have Fern, who I'm not even sure how old she is, join our cheerleading squad. Why not? Yeah. It was unclear. So this is their prep. They tend to practice, but it's a lot of like using Barbie dolls with their faces over it. I would have liked a little bit more of a montage of getting the crew together and having everybody's specialty. I yes. thought I could use some spices in of everybody's like, yeah, like the oceans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I needed some oceans. 11, uh, Steven Soderbergh type. That was, I missed that. That was my one. Yeah. That would have been fun to see. Um, I mean, cause they didn't really have specialties. They didn't really no. have like one person that was in charge of this. And one that was in charge of that, we see them do their cheerleading for a sec where they uh, they use Diane in like a lift to spray um, spray paint the camera, which felt real irresponsible for a lady that pregnant. Yeah. But like, that's the one, I mean, show me, yeah, show me them like prepping how they're going to do this and using their cheerleading skills like as part of this heist. That would have been fun to watch. Well, yeah. and I think that's also another way they could have like unpacked each of the characters a little bit more. Mm -hmm is by giving them that specialty and like facing yeah. them. I mean, we have, we have one of them that's going to Harvard, like show me, show, show her planning this out or like bring in like schematics of how the store works. So they have like a, a realistic blueprint of where to go and step-by-step -step shit. That would have been nice. Yeah. They probably she probably would have overthought it, gotten them caught somehow. That seems like you, you have to have a little spontaneity to be able to you you know, really get the job done. I think. Yeah, I don't know. True. That's fair. Like, I think she ultimately just brought, like, movie synopses to the yeah. lunch table. Yeah, it was, like, right. the best Harvard did. Very thick like, portfolio for, yeah. for everybody. And at the end, she's like, long story short, none of these are applicable to what we're doing. In now. conclusion, <laughs> this was a waste of my time. Yeah. And I spent a lot of money at Kinko's. Yeah. Or nice my home printer point. is out of ink. Like, yes. like yeah. heat does not apply to what we're doing whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty great. Um, but then they, they do the heist, they're, uh, you know, shenanigans, uh, hijinks, um, the car, they originally were going to use what's his face's car. Jack's, uh, GTO, not the yeah, judge, he, regular GTO. Okay. He sells it. So they have to use the extermination van that has no brakes, which was it, weird. It was the, that's a whole other, that's a whole, 
It looked just like and a it's super bug. recognizable because it's got shit written on the side. I did love the, the visual gag of Candace so having to like, run alongside it and jump in. I laughed so hard at her like looking so shocked that they could not stop for her. That was a fun joke. Um, yes, yeah, so there's that. And then when they're there, they can't decide if they're going to rob the grocery store or the bank, which it's like, you know it's a bank heist. You fucking work here. Well, that was gonna, weird. They're going to rob the bank. They couldn't figure out whether everyone in the store had to get down or just the bank customers had to get down on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it was just Excuse a lot me. of... Are you robbing the grocery store or... Just well, that, and also they had an argument before they went in because they tried to go in the back door, and I forget which girl it was, like yanked the doorknob off somehow because <laughs> she's too strong, I guess. But yeah. then, like the visual of them in their their Betty masks, like having an argument in the in the parking lot, was hilarious to me for some reason. Terrifying. I was Just, very I mean, afraid. Watching them all talk shit to each other in these masks was great, and then yeah. here comes Lucy in a Nixon mask. Like in Point Break, I'm like in a suit, dude. Like this is, that's a fun, a fun look of them walking into the store with their I, costumes on. I loved when Tricky Dick showed up. Yeah. Brought back that a quality Nixon mask too. Loved it. It was a good mask. Yeah. Call back to a previous film. Uh, yeah. the, the, I think last week's episode. Yeah, um, sometime. But yeah, so like, oh, this, it's like not great what they're doing. Um, you know, they get away with the heist, except they drop a ribbon that sketchy Lisa finds and she noticed this uh, improper dismount. So she knows yeah. it's the A squad because there's no other cheerleaders in town. Which well, plus one's weird. real pregnant. Well, they all had pregnancy <laughs> well, bellies. Had the fake bellies, that's true. Yeah, fake bellies. Right. Um, at one point, though, uh, Marley Shelton, what's her character? Diane throws up in a, a bag of money because uh, she sees fish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, so I should they, also I guess, say uh, this this scene was set to um, "Cannonball" by the Breeders, which is like a perfect song for an all female bank heist. They're not really an all female band. They had a male drummer, but fuck it, that's an all female band, and that bass line fucking kicks. Like that, there's no reason to talk about the rest of the music in the movie, but hearing them set like the scene of them walking in slow motion of that song, I'm like, bravo! This is what I needed in my life. Yeah. Yes, it was very well done. Um, they accidentally wind up shooting at people because some weirdo, sketchy dude pulls out a knife and starts running at them. I thought they literally wish. killed him. Yes, yeah. they shot so many bullets at him. No, he just got scared by the gunfire and fell to his knees and started drinking a. I think ice they cold like cold Miller High Life. Yeah. <laughs> I think they hit him in the in the hat. Like I think it went through. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah? Like what? What kind of a what kind of a like right wing maniac shoots through a, a union cap or whatever is what he said? Because he had like mm-hmm. a, a local pipe fitters union hat on or whatever. I remember that. I, part. Yeah. I couldn't get my captions to work. So. Attempted murder in the commission of a felony. And that dude had a death wish. He ran up on five armed people with a like pocket knife. <laughs> like he was trying to. Die. Taped together guns. He, he didn't know that. This, this is kind of, this is going to sound very bad, but kind of um, what reinforced my idea that it might be a small town. I, well, yeah, this motley crew of people, that's what I was saying at the beginning, like this is a motley ass crew of witnesses. Like it feels very small town that this hillbilly is like at the grocery store in the middle of the day, like with a, with a knife. <laughs> it feels very small town to me. Yeah. 
Um, but besides him and the fact that they didn't know there were bullets in there, that's right, because we forgot to mention the guns that the exterminator gives them, uh, they have to tape together because it's all broken apart. Thing. Oh, he gave us an Ikea job. <laughs> yes. Um, so minus the gun mishap actually having bullets, even though they didn't ask for any ammo, they don't want any. Yeah. Um, they get away with this heist. Uh, it's unclear how much money they actually get, which yeah. I was a little upset about. I wanted yeah. to know, you know, what was all this effort for? Sure. Um, there was a debate that um, Dave and I were having in our, <laughs> our host. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. You, you were right, but but please talk about it. Yeah. So I, after I the heist, for it. some reason, they all go back to Kansas's basement and are in their underwear and... Um, Diane is washing some of the money. James like, oh, it, they're money laundering. <laughs> they must that's, think that's what money laundering is. I think but, so. But, but I'd forgotten she threw up on the money, so it all makes sense. Well, well why are they in their underwear, though? Like, yeah, they're, I not, they're not making... Because they had like, to burn all the clothes. <laughs> You gotta burn the clothes, well, man. But then put on all the clothes. Don't do that. This is a movie. Well, and some people are in their underwear, and some people are in, like... Like regular pajamas. Well, like I think Fern had like a wife beater and like men's briefs on or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, she, it, was, it was rough. It was wild. Um, I really, I, I enjoyed because I feel like there's been other movies where you see them just like washing the money in the washing machine. So yeah, yeah. I thought maybe, but no, it was Fern. I or, thought it was hilarious. Yeah, like, was, they <laughs> think that they think that's gonna clean everything away. I'm like, they also had a great. funny gag in that basement before where I think it was. Um, is that Kansas's grandma like tries to walk downstairs and see what they're doing, and they do that thing from like um, Tom and Jerry, where you just see her from like the knees down, yeah. like you see her like yeah. in cartoons. I think um, what was that like Muppet Babies, where you just see the adults from like the the knees down. That was a fun gag to me. I like that. I don't know why. Made me laugh. Um, yeah, so they get away with the money. We don't know how much it is. We don't. I guess they split it six ways. We don't know much about it, but they get away with it because I guess like Fern, not, why do I keep calling her, not Fern, Marla Sokoloff, I don't know if she threatens them or whatever she does, but she's been narrating this whole film, talking to the cops about it, and even says to the police, even the kids on the short bus can see the evidence points to Diane, <laughs> another, um, to me I thought all the evidence was circumstantial, but yeah. she basically is like, oh, because Fern, yes, was an eyewitness to it, basically says they weren't there because they were chilling in my navigator in the parking lot, and they get away yeah. with it. She calls and she, Diane and was like, hey, I know you did it. Um, basically, like, quid pro quo, skid row bro. Skid row bro, yeah. Do this thing for me, and I will get you off. And so she tells this whole story to the cops, which felt a little bit like uh, How I Met Your Mother to me, where it's like, I'm going to tell you How I Met Your Mother, but first, let me detail every other girl I hooked up with on the way. Like, it's like, I'm not going to tell you that they did it, but I'm going to give you all the evidence that any real cop would need to put them away and then say, oh, but it wasn't them. Like, she, she spilled all the fucking beans of this whole story and then was like, no, nah, but it wasn't them, actually. Yeah. So that, that's how they got away with it. Though all of the, you know, the heights could have been a little bit better. We could have seen more. But in the end, it doesn't matter because one teenage girl getting to become an A-Squad teenager... <laughs> Or for half changes, of a school year, probably. Yeah, <laughs> changes the whole thing. <laughs> we're past homecoming. We're past the. Uh, we're past the winter spectacular, which is like a big deal for them. But that was when she fell off the skates. So like, it's probably like April at this point. 
Yeah. But she got to be on an A squad. She can call herself an A squad cheerleader. And they get away with the whole heist. What do you think happens to Jack and Diane? He becomes a senator. Well, I've I've got them in my superlatives. We'll talk about it. I know, but like longer term after the senator thing. I mean, longer term. um, They're doing the best they can. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, let it rock. The movie has that thing at the end where it tells what happens to them. I think um, understanding politics the way that I do, he probably wouldn't run for the Senate until, oh, you know what? He'd be a 2010 guy. He'd be a Tea Party person. He'd be a Tea Party insurgent who would like uh, primary somebody because that's, that's the right age for him to be running for the Senate. There you um, go. Yeah, it would be oh, fucking gross. <laughs> like, that's for <pretty> <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, he'd, he'd primary some poor sap who'd been there for 25 years and was just like, you know, regular corrupt. And then he'd come in and be super corrupt. And then get out for like one term. Do you think he'd be super corrupt or just con- confused and dumb? I think he'd be super corrupt and not know that what he was doing was not okay. I don't know. Definitely more of a Dan Quayle type where he's like, well, yeah. I don't know. Potatoes yeah. fell with a knee at the end, right? Yeah. He'd be, um, this is a, this is a bit of a deep cut. Uh, Dave, you probably know who this guy was. He'd be like Blake Ferenthold. Yeah. Who, uh, who was a congressman from Texas. Uh, you guys do a Google image search for Blake Ferenthold. Last name is F A R E N T H O L D. Um, I don't care a picture you get them. They're all fucking hilarious. Every picture of this dude is hilarious. Uh, like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he well, he's from he's from not far from where y'all are at. I'm pretty sure. But there's yeah. pictures of him in I think like uh, like a I think went to the Playboy Mansion. I thought it was a it was that a Playboy, Playboy Mansion, Mansion party. It was or a Playboy like? themed party yeah. that he was at where he yeah. looks like he is bliggity blackout. Like he looks terrible. Got a huge gap in his teeth. He's sweating everywhere. Like that's what he would wind up like if he was in the Senate. I feel like awesome. classic Blake. Um, I think I cut us off earlier. Do we want to do some potent quotables? What did you say? Before Fuck we yeah. Wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple here. Um, I did the Lisa lines before with my gangster voice. Uh, I got that out of my system. Um, there's three lines here that I think all kind of give us a little bit of a taste of who these girls are. So Kansas, who, um, oh, who, who played her? I can, Mina Suvari. That's right, Mina yeah. Suvari. I like her better in this than anything else. I like her as a bad kid, I think. <laughs> this is what I'm coming around to. She does it very well. She was a bad kid yeah. in, in American Beauty she and was. a couple others. Yeah, she's good yeah. at that. I like her a lot more in this than I liked her in American Pie. Uh, I'll say that much. Um, but she says, any sentence that starts with at church camp doesn't lead to the big O as Hannah was saying that she had possibly her first orgasm riding a horse. Uh, she's like, nah, it's not that. Um, then to speak of Hannah, oh, please die. Don't be a whore and a murderer. Um, she oh, later God. on goes on to explain that she didn't mean to call her a whore, but she hears it so many times at church, it just kind of fell out. <laughs> um, and then the, the line from Diane, we said they're stupid. We said there are a couple of real dum-dums. And there is a scene of them at the bank, as we said, trying to use their school records and football records to get a loan. Uh, Diane says, give us food and we'll be hungry tomorrow. But give us corn. The kind you plant, not eat. And we'll, um, we'll grow it and uh, 
then we'll cut it and we'll eat it. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to get you a loan, Diane. <laughs> like she, you could see her thinking. Like you could see on her face, like she's trying to 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 land this plane, and it is the engine is falling off, and the landing gear is missing. Like she is falling apart trying to get this fucking sentence out. There are just some other ones from. Damn it, Lisa. <laughs> they should not have a Lisa and a Lucy. I stand by that. Okay. Wait, isn't there a Linda too? I don't think no. so. No, okay. please no. Favorite movie. Um, Lisa, our narrator friend. Um, one of her lines goes, it really burnt my toast. And I, I have no idea what they're referring to, what she's referring to, but I was like, yes. She's just, no one talks like this. Yeah. <laughs> actually talks like this. And I forget who says it, but somebody goes, Christ on a cracker. Yeah. Well, I think that might have been um, uh, Kansas's mom, where she says, oh, well, shit fire, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. I can't remember who said this, but I think they were like when con- trying to convince people to, I think they're tr- trying to convince someone to do the heist because I think um, the brain, I can't remember her name, uh, didn't want to do it. Lucy. Lucy, I, yeah. I can't remember who says it, but one, someone was like, you can buy one of those starving kids that Sally Struthers sells. She, that, that's, I think that's uh, Kansas um, like convincing Hannah to not also oh, bail. God. Oh, that's great. Or maybe it's <laughs> Diane. I think it might be Diane. She's like rallying the troops and being like, we can still do this. Yeah. And like yeah. trying to give it what you could do with some of the money. And it was, yeah. yes, you can buy one of those starving kids. Yeah. And she, she told stuff. Kansas she can bail her mom out of jail. Like, Kansas, you can get your mom out of jail. You can buy a starving kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah there are some of, I don't know if there are any other, that we can have but scant moments. The what's your problem? <laughs> it's just a lot of, this is a movie written in the late 90s, early aughts. There's a lot of, uh, you know. Like calling, casual homophobia. Yeah, casual homophobia. <laughs> uh, you know, saying things about people who might be uh, mentally different. Yeah. Yeah. Developmentally I think, disabled. Yeah, there's a there's a line from Lisa early on about Hannah. Because um, she doesn't understand why Hannah the Virgin's part of the group. And I think she says, if she wasn't kind of pretty, you'd say, hey, who's the tard? And I was like, right. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, uh, there's a character named Bruce in this movie. Um, Bruce, he plays, he's, he's their, their mascot. He's the fighting Lincoln's fighting Lincoln. Yes. And first of all, a lot of fun watching him be the, be the mascot. Uh, his mascot antics are not what you would expect from a mascot. He's basically doing like a lot of voguing and like his, his, the, way that he, the way that he plays the mascot is fun. But I think every line about him, I mean, they call him the F word for a gay man multiple times, like Lisa does to the cops again. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah. they treat him horribly. And then at the end, which we're going to eliminate the, the post credits or the, the, you know, the scene at the end where we see where they all are in the future for my own purposes. But in the end, they say that he's not gay and that he marries Lisa. I'm like, well, that's a weird, why would we do all of this? <laughs> what are we doing yeah. with this character at all? It was weird. And like Candace, when they go visit her mom, her mom, like Candace is oh, asking yeah. her mom how to commit a crime. Yeah. And her mom feels honored. And she's like, I want you to meet someone special. And Candace is like, mom, you're already in prison. And she's like, now you're going to tell me, I think she tells you, she's like, and now you're like a dyke. And I was like, yeah. Oh, and she was, she was ready to like disown her mom for being gay. Like she's like, I'm fucking out of here. And I'm 
<laughs> Why don't you call like, me? You need her help. Like, what are you like, doing? Your mom already shot your dad. Yeah. So, like, chill. Um, but it was mainly... Shot your dad the day you were born. Like, during yeah. labor, shot your dad. But, yeah, it was mainly just because this woman really knows how to commit bank robberies, and that's why she was special. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so there's just, like, a lot of, you know, things that we don't say anymore. Yeah. Um there was a part where they were trying to, I think, interview the cashier to figure out um, who mm-hmm. might have done the robbery. And she said it might have been an a- Asian gang because of the gymnastics. They're tiny and acrobatic. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as a people. As, as a, a people. people. Yeah. As yeah. a people. As, as a people. Jesus. She, I think she's on, on TV. Like yes, on TV. A news interview. Yeah, yeah being interviewed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're lucky she didn't call them Orientals. But, I mean, she was right there ready to go with that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, having to um, explain that that is something you use for objects and not yes. people. Is... A rug or food, not a yes. person, is yes. oriental. Um, you guys, one of the things that we enjoy doing on this pod is taking a look at kind of a, a minor character and seeing if this was the start of big things for them or the peak of their entire career. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Dana, who are we diving on this week? This is really hard because we're going to see the main characters in like other movies because mm-hmm. this, this, these people were just like hot during this time. Um, I, I was really struggling to pick someone, but let's just do the cashier. Uh, okay. JC King, who worked at the, who was the Food Valley cashier. Sure. Um, let's see, let's see where this goes. Uh, <laughs> so this was, oh, Wow. Oh, I'm excited. She's also in uh, oh, Drop wow. Dead Gorgeous. It's her first credit, oh. which is oh. a movie I really would like to do. I thought you were going to say Vampire Diaries. No, maybe. Oh, I'll keep scrolling. We'll see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> keep scrolling. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So that's her first credit. Uh, she's on the Andy Dick show. Oh, God, uh, she Andy Dick. CSI. I forgot that, that was a thing. That would right? not have been a thing. I forgot he exists as a person. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Um, she's on Grey's Anatomy. There's not a. She's in the newsroom. Never seen that one. Oh, she was in Glee. Oh, good show. So good. Dave and I used to love the newsroom. All right, well, she's in that. She was on The Affair. Uh, so not a lot, unfortunately, for Miss J.C. King. But literally everybody else, we're gonna. We, if we haven't already seen them, we will see them in additional yeah. movies that we've done on the pod. So this was kind of a tough one. Yeah. But you know, J.C. was on Glee for a bit as Janet. I don't remember this character yeah i think this one was tough because we yeah. are gonna like we already saw marley shelton in who played diane in never been kissed um melissa george and stuff mina savari we've already done fern yeah. was in another movie so yeah it's, this I mean, it was a, i would say like a surprisingly stacked cast because you look yeah. at them at first and you're like oh this is not this is not like um i know what you did last summer where like they're all huge names that we think about to this day but in their moment this was a, a really i mean a pretty stacked cast top to bottom there's a lot of big names in there um but that does bring us to the end of our podcast and just like the end of the school year that means it's time to hand out some superlatives uh, again you guys know i get full-on fucking outraged when a movie tells me what happens to the characters at the end of it like you're stepping on my fucking toes man this is my gimmick and here you are you know shitting all over it over here so forget all of that at the end for our purposes only here um 
Fern is most likely to become a prominent poster on several QAnon message boards. Lucy, yeah, she stormed the Capitol. Lucy is most likely to surprise her college friends with pictures of herself as a cheerleader. That one was tough. We got no character for Lucy other than she's smart. So that was was a tricky one. Uh, Cleo is most likely to be the recipient of a restraining order from Conan (laughs) O'Brien. Hannah? Hannah is most likely to get her own TLC reality show about her and her weird husband raising their 17 kids on a horse ranch. Yeah. Many kids, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Kansas mm-hmm. is most likely to hide her mom's shank after a prison riot. Oh, nice. She's going to yeah. prison too. Yeah. Jack is most likely to run a staunchly pro-life family value Senate campaign. Again, he's a Tea Party dude, so that, that lines up. Sure. And Diane is most likely to get hooked on the thrill and become a serial shoplifter. Uh, I was thinking of um, what was that character from Breaking Bad? Was her name Mary? Always wore purple. Oh, uh, Skyler's no. sister who loved to shoplift all the fucking time. Her name was like Brenda or something. Ah, whatever. She looked like Brenda. But yeah, that's that's her life in the future. Just stealing shit all the time for the fun of it. Uh, Dave, this next pick is yours. What are we gonna watch next? Yeah, we're going. Uh, we're going back to college on this one. We're gonna go all the way back to 1998. Um, MTV's first rated R movie. Oh boy. Uh, we're going to do Dead Man on Campus. Yeah. yeah. Um, haven't seen oh it in God. 20 years. Really excited to check it out again. I remember liking it back then, which means I've probably grown up a little and we'll see how I feel about it. And you guys too. One excited. time and one time only. There you go. It was about, guys, yeah, 20 We get to talk about urban legends uh, relating to. Yeah, people. Tom Everett Scott. I love Tom Everett. Mark and Paul Gosler. Mark Paul, Mark Paul Gosler. Gosler. With, oh. And he doesn't have the Zach Morris blonde hair anymore. It's no. weird. I remember seeing this movie for the first time. Be like, didn't make any sense. That doesn't look yeah. like him. Wow. Well, I really have not seen it because it was on MTV. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it on MTV or released? No, it was like released like, by MTV Films. Films. Sorry. Okay. That, still, no blues. Oh, that's right. We forgot to make fun of you more about the fact of not knowing who Kurt Loder was in this I film. I wonder. I guess who's going to be in this next one? Kurt fucking Loder. Kurt yeah. Loder. When they when they had MTV News pop up, I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? Serena Altshul, Sujin Park. Like, oh, Kurt Loder. It's gotta be. He's like. This is still. this is sway for MTV News. I'm like, oh yeah, sway. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there were he. Kurt Loder was like 75 working MTV News. Like, give me give me Sujin Park for that. Um, he's still. I think he might have died. Actually, he, <laughs> no. He's please, please be alive, Kurt Loader. Please be alive. Oh Sorry, right, right. He is. He is. Sorry, I thought oh I. Oh my god. I, thought I remembered something in a family text thread about Kurt Loader that I was like. No, no, no. You're thinking about Larry King. Um, guys, that does it for this episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a good review. As a reminder. Um, if you leave us a review between now and the end of February, be sure to let us know on Twitter or Instagram at RecappingGownPod, uh, R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D, or in our Facebook group, Recapping Gown Fan Club. At the end of the month, we're going to put all those names in a cowboy hat, a uh, word to Megan's high school boyfriend cowboy hat. Um, oh, and, and the one my mom sent me. Uh, she sent you a cowboy hat? She sent me that the cowboy hat that the cowboy hat gave me in oh high school. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what, next episode, I need to get a picture. She shipped, she shipped it with some of my Christmas gifts, so I literally that. do that. That is amazing. Yeah, we need to have that hat be part of our, our lives from now on. 
Um, but yeah, one lucky listener is going to win a custom caricature done by me um, to match the ones that we have in our logo. So leave us a good review. Um, if you didn't like what you heard, just like Hannah, you're going to wind up somebody's bald bitch. Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week. <laughs>